Okay, welcome back to the More Freight More Problems series. And today we're gonna talk about insurance again. But this time I wanna talk about cargo insurance, the surprising exclusions in your cargo insurance policy. I run into this all the time with my clients. Um, I'm Cassandra Gaines, and my job is to teach you guys everything you need to know about all the problems that come when you get more and more freight in the door. Uh, I'm trying to help you guys get ahead of the problems and then resolve the problems efficiently when they come. Stop spending all your day like putting out fires all day. Get back to selling. Get ahead of your competitors. That's the advantage of listening to more freight, more problems. So uh, you guys all know the disclaimers. I'm not your attorney, and there are lots of things that could change what I'm saying. Laws, facts, contracts, everything. So this treat this as it should. It's a free educational resource. Uh, I am from New York, so I'm going to speak very quickly, and I curse a lot, and I don't apologize for it. Okay, surprising cargo insurance exclusions that you must no, this is designed for logistics companies. This is designed for salespeople, those people who are dealing with cargo claims or negotiating contracts and purchasing insurance. Um, this is what I run into frequently. One, common situation. Carrier uh, shows up, often with food shipments. Carrier shows up, food's rejected, there's something wrong with it. Customer returns to broker, broker files a claim with carrier. Carrier doesn't have insurance. Whoa! Then broker turns around and files the inch claim with their own insurance company. Their insurance company doesn't cover the claim either. Double whammy, ouch, happens all the time. Here's what you need to know. So first of all, uh, Lloyd's of London is garbage. So if you got a Lloyd's of London policy, always think in your mind, odds are probably not gonna pay. That's my own personal opinion. Maybe there's some folks out there that think that Lloyd's of London is really great. I haven't seen anything else um, in my industry, in my complete career in this industry. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with having one of those policies. When you buy cargo insurance, you buy any kind of insurance, you're buying it for worst case scenario. You're not actually gonna sit there and make claims with your insurance or you're gonna have, surprise, higher premiums. We buy the insurance to make our customers happy. We buy the insurance to protect us, worst case scenario. That's why we have it. So my two rules of thumb with insurance, as you guys know, if you've listened to the rest of my podcast with insurance, you will know that the rules are, one, pretend the carriers never have insurance um, when you're thinking about risks and when you're making decisions associated with risks uh, because most of the time the carrier's insurance isn't going to come through. The other thing you need to think about is pretend that you don't have insurance. That way, when you're making decisions and you're running your operations, you know in the back of your mind that you don't have insurance. You'll make the right decisions and you'll set up your teams and select carriers the way you should. Because truly, you don't have insurance. Um, you don't want to make a claim unless it's huge and you've got to do it because be ready for those premiums. Surprising insurance exclusions with your cargo policy. When I review cargo policies, here's the very first thing I see. If a broker is holding itself out as a carrier, signing a contract saying that it's carrier, or in any way pretending it's a carrier, because we do that sometimes for our customers, um, no insurance, no, no insurance coverage. That's one big one. Let you digest that one for a minute. The other one, uh, is if you sign a contract where you have used a broker, you sign a contract to your customer, 
and you have agreed to uh, any and all cargo claims, um, any loss, damage, or delay. You've agreed to all of it. There's a lot that you've agreed to um, that's not covered by insurance. So let's break this down, right? So in this context, you're signing a contract with the customer. It has a one cargo claim section, and you're basically saying, we're going to pay for everything. So first, some of your insurance companies, cargo insurance companies, are going to require you to uh, submit that contract to them for approval. And they are going to have uh, restrictions around how much they're going to and how they're going to um, uh, provide coverage. Second, uh, there are going to be exclusions and limitations. I just gave you two for a second. But exclusions and limitations. So the commodities. There is going to be a list of commodities in your policy that they won't even pay for if anything happens. So often those are jewelry, fine art, high-value clothing, um, automobiles, uh, bullions or something like that. Um, but I think that's supposed to be like metals, precious metals, um, money. Like I knew somebody one time that was moving uh, coins and money for the U.S. government. There ain't no coverage for that, people. Um, so flat out, no coverage. Some people's coverage doesn't apply for food shipments. So don't forget that either. Um, I know. I'm going to actually pause and let you digest that one. Yeah, you heard right. There are some policies out there that will not cover for food coverage, for, for food claims, cargo claims. Um, or they cover for cargo claims associated with, that are food, but they'll say things like uh, there's an exclusion exclusion for reefer breakdown. So if something happened to the refrigerated unit um, and the carrier's insurance doesn't cover and you're submitting a claim for your insurance, they say, sorry, we don't cover for that. Uh, the flip side of that is they don't cover for driver error, which you guys all know that happens frequently or the driver's up to something and the food gets damaged somehow. Uh, no matter what, they like to lean on that exclusion frequently. Food is a very tough commodity to broker and to ship. Um, it's not something to be dabbled in. <clears throat> Here's the other thing. So we went through the exclusions. Now you got limitations. So let's say you have a policy of $100,000. Um, you will have limitations um, where the insurance company is only going to pay $50,000 or $25,000. That's because of the commodity. Usually it's, um, let me think about that. Uh, one time I had a client that was moving uh, bulk, uh, they were arranging for transportation for bulk commodities. So gasoline or some type of liquid that goes in those bulk tankers. Well, the coverage was only $25,000 for that uh, under their policy. And they didn't even know. Um, so it's good to know that you, you just ask your insurance broker or you just read through the policies pretty quick to see the list of commodities and then the limits that go with it. You just have to dig through the language a bit, you know, in all your free time. We went over all the gaps so far with cargo policy. We went over the rules with insurance. And now I want to talk about um, your selection of the carriers because that also plays into your exclusions or limitations with your insurance policies. Um, often, uh, if you don't vet carriers certain ways, your insurance company will not cover the cargo claim. So if you didn't uh, check or use a tool like RMIS for uh, insurance coverage for the third-party carriers, or you didn't collect their insurance certificates and didn't verify, uh, often your insurance company can say, nope, we're not paying just letting you soak that one in too. Um, 
sometimes if the carrier brokers your shipment out to another carrier and that carrier damages the shipment and then neither one of them have insurance um, because those folks who are brokering out your shipments often don't have insurance because they're not paying their premiums and making quick bucks. Um, they, uh, there will be no insurance coverage sometimes for your insurance policy too. Um, and your cargo policy. Uh, the other one that's frequent, darn it, there was another one that's really frequent uh, in our industry. And, um, but it'll come back to me at two in the morning. I'll be like, damn it, I wish I included that on my podcast. Uh, so you're getting the hang of what I'm saying here. You're getting the hang that insurance, just because you have insurance and you bought it, you paid $20,000 for that premium, doesn't mean you have it. So the best thing to do, like I said, is to pretend you don't even have insurance every day and use it worst case scenario. But sooner or later, you need a summary of some sort to understand what's covered and what's not in the context of the agreements that you're signing and your operations uh, for logistics perspectives, uh, from a logistics perspective. Um, so once you start moving a lot of freight or a lot of valuable freight, do you need to check in with your insurance company to make sure there's coverage. Don't mess around, folks. And that's it. That was a lot, man. That was a slap in the face of insurance coverage. Woo! Okay, Cassandra Gaines.